Hey guys. So today we're going to be talking about a case that gives me chills. This case has bothered me since I was little. It still bothers me today. Today we're going to be talking about a family vacation that takes a horrible turn and turns into an international missing persons case. I'm Kenna and this is what really happened to Amy Lynn Bradley. March of 1998, the Bradley family from Petersburg, Virginia, which is a suburb of Richmond, boarded Rhapsody of the Seas, a Royal Caribbean cruise through southern parts of the Caribbean um, with destinations like Aruba and Curacao. So the Bradleys are a pretty close family. Um, the family consists of mom, Iva, and dad, Ron. Um, sister Amy is 23 and brother Brad is 20. And yes, his name is Bradley Bradley which I kind of love. So of course the family is super excited to go on this family vacation together. I mean, their children are in their 20s. I'm sure everybody is kind of living their own lives and doing their own things. So it's a really nice time to just be able to have a family vacation and enjoy one another. Amy, however, is a little apprehensive. She's a little nervous about this cruise. The idea of being on the open water like you are on a cruise ship, just kind of, it, it's unsettling to her. She's not feeling it. Um, she's just very apprehensive about the whole thing. Now, I do want to point out, Amy is super athletic. Um, she was a high school and college athlete. She was a lifeguard. She's a very, very strong swimmer. So she really has nothing to worry about. With how athletic she was, I'm sure the people around her at the time were probably like, you're just being ridiculous. Go have fun. Enjoy your time. It'll be great. You just need to go. So on March 21st of 1998, the entire Bradley family boards Rhapsody of the Seas. And they are having a great time. They're enjoying it. They um, go to dinners. They get really dressed up and have a good time. There's some really infamous pictures now that I'll post above of Brad and his sister Amy. And it's one of the last photographs taken of her. Um, she looks stunning. So on the night of March 23rd and into the early morning hours of March 24th, the cruise, the cruise line, the ship, it has a kind of like a club and the Bradley siblings are out dancing. They are having fun. They are staying out late and just enjoying themselves on vacation like they should be. And they're, like I said, they're having this great time. They're dancing, they're enjoying themselves. And Ron being the dad is doing dad things. At 4.30 a.m., he wakes up a little in their cabin and notices that Amy is on the balcony. She's on the balcony, the door is closed, she's relaxing, maybe sleeping in a lounge chair, and her cigarettes are beside her. So in true dad fashion, you know, he's like, okay, the kids are in, I can go to sleep, I can get some good rest now, and he goes back to sleep. Now, about 30 minutes to an hour after Ron wakes up, he wakes up again. And he looks over and Amy and her cigarettes are gone, but the balcony door is open. Um, and that just, it, it puts a pit in the bottom of his stomach. Something is not right. He feels like something is very wrong. He turns to Ivan, wakes her up and says, Amy's not there. And Iva, of course, is kind of like, mm, I'm, I'm sure she went to bed. It always really strikes me how in any interview, in any article you read about this, Ron talks about how when he saw the balcony door cracked, that it was not closed, he knew. He knew something was wrong. And whether that is, you know, hindsight looking back after everything has happened or parents' intuition or whatever it is, 
he talks about the pit in his stomach when he saw it and he was not on the balcony any longer. So Ron goes and he checks and he finds Brad in his room sleeping, but Amy is nowhere to be found. So he goes and he wakes up Iva again. This time I'm sure a little more stressed, um, a little more anxious. And Iva's beginning to realize that something is wrong, that Ron is not just being an overprotective dad, but they can't find Amy. So she dresses quickly. They begin searching the ship. They are looking everywhere they can. They are trying to find her. Iva and Brad at this point are a little anxious. It's unlike Amy to just not be where she should be, um, but still in the back of their minds, you know, maybe she went to go get coffee. Maybe she went to go get some food um, and everybody was asleep and she just didn't wake anybody up. They're still not quite as stressed. They don't quite have that pit in their stomach that Ron has yet. Um, so they begin to look, they begin to make sure she hasn't gone to just go get coffee or get food or do something like that. After searching common areas and seeing if they can find her themselves, they go to ship security. And this is the beginning of what I consider. And again, this is, this is just my opinion, the ship not doing what needed to be done quickly. Um, they go and they ask that Amy be paged over the ship over the intercom that they page her so that, you know, wherever she is, she realizes her family is looking for her and they can meet up and everything will be fine. The ship refuses to do this. Now the ship refuses to page Amy and I've seen different reasons, different speculation. Um, some of it being, you know, it's really early. They don't want to wake everybody up. They don't want to stress everybody out on their vacations, but you have a missing person. You have a missing person. Um, and you know, for those of you who are into true crime, like myself, time is always of the essence in missing person cases. And in, in any case, really the it's, it's vital that things start happening and they start happening quickly. So security did at least agree to search the ship. Now, later on, it's revealed that their searches, um, we're looking in common areas, kind of checking the bathrooms, just kind of poking around, making sure she wasn't there. Um, all in all, it seems like this particular ship, whoever was making the calls, whether it was security or the captain or, or whoever, didn't really take this seriously, did not take it seriously enough to do what needed to be done at the time. And, and, Take what I say on this with a grain of salt because I am looking back in hindsight. I know how this story unfolds in the days and the weeks coming. Um, you know, I, I do have a different perspective than they do. I'm sure they think they're thinking, oh, she's 23 years old. She's probably just somewhere laying in the sun, getting some sun, enjoying her vacation, needing some space from her family, what, whatever the reasons are. So as security is doing their, again, searches, the Bradley family is getting more and more desperate to find their daughter, obviously. Um, that anxiety, that sinking feeling that something is not right is getting worse and worse and worse. And with the realization that Amy, they cannot find her still, which they all are starting to feel like something is very wrong at this point, Iva realizes they're about to dock in Curacao. And when they dock in Curacao, people are going to leave the boat. A lot of people are going to leave the ship. They are going to go into this port and have their excursions or whatever they are doing. 
So Iva realizing the seriousness of this, of this being a chance for someone to potentially get Amy off of this ship, goes and tries to keep them from letting people off at the port in Curacao. And she is unsuccessful. Now, after everybody has kind of disembarked and gone for their excursions or whatever they're doing for the day in Curacao, then security decides, okay, now we'll pay Jamie. So they pay Jamie and she doesn't come. She doesn't show. They still do not know where Amy is. And her mother is panicking now because she says she knows that when her daughter is paged over the ship's intercom and she does not come, she is either A, not on the boat any longer, or B, someone is physically keeping her from coming. So at this point, the captain orders more searches and this time they do thorough searches of the entire ship and Amy is not found. So the Bradley family has to make what I can only imagine is an awful decision. Do we stay on the boat and keep looking and rely on ship security who didn't want to page her, didn't want to inconvenience anyone earlier? Or do we go and try and seek help in Curacao? Even though technically if she disappeared earlier that morning, they weren't in port yet. So they weren't really even in Curacao yet. Like it, when you get into international waters, the jurisdictional issues, I can only imagine. Um, again, going back, if you were, if you like true crime, like I do, you know, you look at previous cases that were not linked simply because someone crossed a county line, a city line, a state line. These things were not put together because good intentions or bad intentions, sometimes officials don't speak, they don't relay information because they don't feel like it's necessary or that it really relates to anyone else. Things get lost in translation. Things get lost in translation very easily. And again, that is just with county and city and state lines. Um, this is international. This is international jurisdictional issues that they are having to deal with now and try and figure out who can help them, who can help them look for their daughter. So the family does decide to leave the ship and go and search for help in Curacao. I mean, what what other option do they have at this point? Um, they feel like, I'm sure they've exhausted resources on the ship. You've got ship security paging and searching and the captain ordering thorough searches. There's not a lot else that can be done. And so the Netherland Antilles Coast Guard, which is basically Aruba and Curacao and all of these places. Back in 1998, they were considered the Netherland Antilles coast. They are no longer considered that, but at the time that's what they were. So they send their coast guard out and their coast guard searches the seas for three days with nothing. They find nothing. They don't find Amy. They don't find any trace of her. So the search ends. So the cruise line stance is that Amy has jumped or she has fallen overboard. And the family disagrees with this. Now, on Amy having jumped overboard, I really don't believe that's the case. I think Amy seemed to be very happy in her life from everything I've read. She had just gotten a new job, a new apartment. She just got a bulldog puppy that she had wanted forever. She is moving forward in her life and seeming to enjoy it very much. Now, I do want to take a little kind of an aside on that because Suicide is hard to predict. Depression sometimes can be hidden. It's a very difficult thing. It's a very difficult thing. 
Um, you never want to assume that you know, or that you know that someone would not. I think there is no absolutely not in this type of situation. But one thing I do know is that there have been multiple studies, and you can Google this and I'm sure find a couple of them yourselves, on gender differences in suicide. Now, men typically pick ways that can be labeled more violent. They use guns, they use weapons, they hang themselves, things like that. I know this is getting very, very dark and I'm sorry. Women, on the other hand, choose less messy means, for lack of a better way to put this. They tend to turn towards pharmaceuticals and overdose. Um, they go more that route, and that's just a difference that has been found in, again, multiple studies. The other issue I have with them feeling like she could have possibly jumped overboard is Amy was scared of the open water. Now, I highly doubt, and again, this, this part is just my opinion, so take that with a grain of salt. I doubt you would do something that would terrify you as a means to an end, if that makes any sense. I feel like it would be terrifying already because you were obviously in a very dark place if you were contemplating suicide. And if you are or know someone who is, I'm going to have a link down below. Please talk to someone. There, there are people out there that understand that have been through this that want to help you. It, there, it always gets better. It can always get better. But you're already in this dark place. I don't think you're going to essentially torture yourself in the end by choosing a means that terrifies you to begin with, even when you're not in this dark place, if that makes any sense. So that's why I'm inclined to believe that she did not jump. Now, as far as her falling overboard, things happen. Things happen. They do. Um, but, but when Amy disappeared, they were literally in sight of this port in Curacao. Amy's a strong swimmer. She was a lifeguard. Every article I have ever read, every story I have ever heard in regards to Amy Lynn Bradley's case, all agree on one thing. If she fell overboard and was conscious, she could have made it to shore. She would have made it to shore. So again, we are back to this. The cruise line feels like she's in the water. She either has jumped or she has fallen. She is in the water and the Coast Guard did not recover her. The family, however, feels like she has been taken. She has been taken off of the ship at this point when it became open for people to disembark in Curacao. Now, regardless of the differences in what the cruise line and the Bradley family believe happened to Amy at this point, the cruise line is still moving along as scheduled. So they are scheduled to leave this port in Curacao and the Bradley family has to make a decision that I cannot even imagine having to make. They have to decide whether they think Amy is still on board that ship and board the ship and leave Curacao or if she has been taken off of the ship and could possibly be in Curacao and they need to stay there. The Bradley family eventually decides to stay in Curacao and continue their search for their daughter. And they continue searching with no luck. Eventually, the family does have to return to Virginia without Amy, without their daughter, without their sister, 
what started as a family vacation that everyone was looking forward to has now turned into a disappearance. I do want to give, and I, I don't even know the name of this company, but Ron Bradley, the dad, worked for an insurance company. And this insurance company, when the family needed to go back to Richmond, when they eventually had to leave Curacao without Amy, actually chartered them a plane or a private, they chartered them a flight home basically, um, which I feel like was probably a very kind and nice gesture at that point. Cause I mean, what, what else can you do? What else can you do? This family is having to leave this island as a family of three when they got there as a family of four. I mean, this is, this is devastating and heartbreaking. And I just feel like kudos to that, to that company for doing something, anything at that point to try and help one of their own. Now, once back in Virginia, the Bradley family essentially set up a command post in their home, an international search for their daughter. They are doing everything they can think of and some things that I have never heard of before, but that I think are genius. So they have a 24-7 hotline number that is going directly to them for any tips, any leads, anything. And now remember, this is 1998. So this is the beginning of people having internet at home that becoming very common, email becoming very common. They are doing email blasts. They are making websites. They are making them in both English and Spanish because again, she was in Curacao. They're hiring PIs. They are doing all the things they can think of. Now, what I think is really interesting that they did, and I think this is a really cool idea, is they actually used amateur radios or ham radios um, where you can, you can kind of talk to other people on different frequencies. Um, they used those, they utilized those in the search for their missing daughter, which I just, I think it's brilliant. I think they're a really, especially with an international search, you don't know who you're talking to. You don't know how far that stretch is. It can be global. It can, you know, it can be international. Um, so I think that was very, very smart um, and very unique. So they are doing everything they can to get Amy home. Now, since the Bradleys have been home, they are thinking back on their time on the cruise. And a couple of things are kind of rubbing them the wrong way in hindsight. Now, as they're looking back on the cruise, a couple of things are kind of sticking out to them. Um, things that really didn't seem that weird during the cruise, but now that what has happened has happened, kind of stick out a little bit more. So for one thing, Iva remembers that staff and crew paid a lot of attention to Amy. Um, they flirted with her a lot. She didn't really think anything of it at the time. Her, I mean, Amy was a beautiful girl, is a beautiful girl, um, but it just, it, it's unsettling looking back. Now specifically, Amy had been spending time with a member of the ship's band. The band is called Blue Orchid, and this particular member, his name is Alistair Douglas, and he goes by Yellow. Now, Amy and Yellow were seen dancing at the club the night before her disappearance, and the FBI has actually released some of that footage, and I will put that on the screen as well. Um, Brad remembers, you know, Yellow was getting a little too friendly. He was getting a little too close. Amy was having to kind of back him up and regain some of her personal space. Um, and again, at the time it didn't, it was just kind of like, eh, she's handling it, it's fine. Um, but looking back in the light of things, it's kind of rubbing him the wrong way a little bit, which is understandable. Another incident that really sticks out now, again, in light of everything that has happened, 
um, that didn't at the time was one of the nights before dinner, they had, everybody had their photos taken, they went to dinner, and then when they came out of dinner, everybody could kind of search for their picture and buy it as a souvenir. And the family found Ivas, they found Ron's, they found Brad's, but they couldn't find Amy's. They never located Amy's. Um, the photographer even actually mentioned that he specifically remembered printing them. He remembered taking them and no one could find them. They were never found. Um, now this could have been, you know, just the photographer being like, yeah, I remember doing that. Um, I remember seeing her. I don't know. I don't, I, you know, it could have been just him just trying to reassure them or who knows, whatever, trying to have good customer service. But now in hindsight, there's, there's an ick to it. It just, that, that one always just kind of gives me a little chill, it gives me a little chill. And since we're talking about ick, let's go ahead and head back to that band member, Yellow. Now you will see him mentioned a lot in any of the interviews, in any of the podcasts, in any media coverage of Amy Lynn Bradley. And this particular interaction makes my blood run cold. It truly does. Now, if you guys remember me talking about the Bradleys wanted her paged. They wanted Amy paged that first morning when they could not find her. They went to security and asked for her to be paged. And security, for whatever reason, did not page her until way later. Well, before the page went out, so before anyone but the Bradley family and security really knows that Amy is missing, that something is wrong, Brad remembers that Yellow found him. And I could never find a direct quote of what was actually said, um, but all the reports of it, Yellow essentially along the lines of said, I'm sorry about your sister. And again, it, it makes my blood run cold. What did he know? What was he sorry about? I, I have so many questions. I have so many questions about this to the extent that I went down a rabbit hole I have, again, this is yellow. Alistair Douglas is his name. I have searched and I have searched and I have searched to see if he potentially got into any trouble later on in life, if he, if I could find anything else out about him besides that he was on this cruise as a band member. And unfortunately, I could not. Um, and again, he has never had any charges brought against him. He has never been spoken to by police. I, as far as I know, he just is a piece of the puzzle. He's a piece of the puzzle that sticks out for the Bradleys. Maybe because she was seen last with him. Maybe that's all it is. Maybe it's coincidence. Um, but I feel like you can't talk about Amy Bradley's story without mentioning this, mentioning Alistair Douglas and, you know, him being involved in some way as far as with Amy, talking to her, having fun with her, just being there and the last moment she was seen, that kind of thing. So again, Yellow has never been charged with anything. He, you know, they just remember him, I guess. And I feel like I would probably remember the last person that was seen if I had a loved one disappear as well. Um, I just wanna put that out there and make sure that it doesn't seem like I am harping too much on this one person. So the Bradleys have been back in Petersburg, Virginia for about five months. It's August, 1998. And in August, 1998, the FBI get what they consider a credible sighting of Amy. 
So in Curacao, a man from Canada is on a vacation. He's scuba diving. He is on the beach. And as he is on the beach, he sees a woman being walked by two basically burly looking men. And any, again, any media source you find is going to say walked. She is not having a stroll on the beach. She is not just on the beach enjoying herself. She is being walked, which to me gives this mental image of being flanked by two people and controlled more or less is what it makes me think of. And again, that is just my personal image of it. But what this man says is that when this woman realizes that he speaks English, she speeds up. She starts walking a little faster trying to get to him. And he says it seems like she wants to say something to him, but when she gets close enough to speak, these men that are with her have caught up and she doesn't. They just continue walking her down the beach. Um, and this sighting again is considered credible. He was able to talk about the fact that she had green eyes and some of the tattoos that she has that Amy is known to have. Now, this sighting just is another one of those things I can't imagine because I'm sure with the relief for this family of our daughter is alive, she is alive, she has been seen, comes the heartbreak of someone took her off the ship. Someone took her off the ship and is essentially holding her captive. She is being walked on the beach and is, from what it seems like, unable to even speak to anyone. Um, so I'm sure with this sighting comes unimaginable hope and unimaginable grief at the same time to be able to know that your daughter is out there and at this point you can't get to her. You can't, you cannot go physically and bring her home. Um, I, ugh, my heart breaks for this family. Now the next year in 1999, there is another credible sighting of Amy. Now this sighting happens in 1999, but it is not reported until a few years later. And again, I'm sure with this sighting comes so much hope and so much relief that Amy is still out there. She is out there. They can just get to her. But the circumstances are a little darker and I'm just going to go ahead and put a trigger warning here um, for anyone who wants to skip past this part. So what happens in 1999 is there is a member of the Navy who is in Curacao and this member of the Navy goes to a brothel and when he goes to the brothel, a woman comes up to him and tells him, help me, I'm Amy Bradley. And at the time he knew nothing about the disappearance or Amy Bradley being missing. Basically what he knows is he's a member of the Navy and he is not supposed to be in a brothel. So he doesn't say anything. He basically, from my understanding, is he tells her there is a Navy base nearby. If she needs help, she can go there. Um, but he doesn't say anything. He never tells anyone until a few years later when he sees Amy's face on some sort of media campaign, basically, for to bring awareness of her disappearance. Um, some sources reported as a People magazine. He sees her and he realizes that's the woman that came up to me in the brothel and told me that she needed help, that her name was Amy Bradley. And he goes and he relays this information. 
So the authorities, and I'm not sure if this is FBI or authorities in Curacao, but authorities go to this brothel in Curacao. And when they get there, the brothel is burned to the ground. There is nothing. There is, there is nothing. This lead is, that's it. There is no lead anymore. So the next part of the Bradley family's story and Amy's story is my heart breaks for this family already. And this part infuriates me. I can't even put it into words how mad this makes me. So the Bradley family is still basically headquartering an international missing person search in their home in Petersburg, Virginia, looking for their daughter. They've had two credible sightings of her. They are hopeful, so hopeful now. They know she is alive. They know she's out there. They just have to get to her. And in 1999, a man named Frank Jones reaches out to the Bradley family. And he tells them that he is former special service and that he can put a team together and he can go in and he can get Amy and he can bring her home. Now the Bradley family, of course, is excited and ready for their daughter to be home, but they want some proof. They want some proof that this man can do the things that he says he can. So he comes back to the Bradley family with photos and the photos are of a woman on the beach um, you can't see her face. She's wearing a hat, but she has tattoos where Amy has tattoos and she has Amy's build. And the Bradley family accepts that he can do the things that he says he can. Frank Jones explains to them that this is going to be very, very dangerous and very costly. And basically what he tells them is that after he has done surveillance, he is going to call them. And when he calls them, they need to be ready to go to Miami. And once in Miami, they will wait for a second call from him. And when they get this second call, they need to be ready and have a basically a chartered, a chartered private flight to come in, meet him, get Amy, and then get out. It's going to be very, very, very quick. They have to get in and get her out. The Bradley family does get the first call to go to Miami. And of course they go. Before they go, Mom Iva calls and schedules doctor's appointments for Amy. Um, she is getting ready to have her baby home. She is doing everything she feels like she needs to. She's getting things put in place for when they bring her home. And the family goes to Miami. And they wait in Miami for Frank Jones to call a second time. And they wait and they wait. And I'm sure even if the wait time hadn't been long at all, it would have seemed like forever to this family who has waited so long for their daughter. And then Frank calls for the second time. But instead of telling them that they need to get on this private chartered flight that they have and come get Amy, they're gonna have to start from square one again. Because a gunfight has broken out, some of his men have been injured, and he was unable to extract Amy. Now, as the family's packing up to go back to Virginia, heartbroken, I'm sure, they get a second call. And the second call is from a man they don't know. The man tells them that he overheard Frank Jones on the phone tell them about what had happened with this gunfight and, and, and him trying to extract their daughter. And he tells them none of it's true. This man is essentially using their funding to fund his lifestyle 
and he is living essentially a Caribbean vacation lifestyle on their money. So the photo that Frank Jones showed the family, it turned out that he had hired a model with Amy's body type and they had put fake tattoos on her. Now the Bradleys paid Frank Jones over $200,000 to save their daughter. And the fact that this man took advantage of them like that in this way, in a time when I'm sure they were desperate and they needed help is absolutely sickening. He is a pathetic excuse for a human being. Um, he did eventually face charges. Um, I'm not sure if he ended up with jail time. I hope he did. Hope he ended up with jail time and I hope that he has the life he deserves. Very much so because the fact that someone would do this to a family that was hurting and give them such false hope and not only the hope, but how much time they spent pouring into this resource that they thought could get their daughter home. How much time was wasted, not just the resource of money, but time and how valuable time is in a case like this. I just, I hope he has the life he deserves. Oh, and on another note, he liked to refer to himself, and when I say he, I mean Frank Jones, as a soldier of fortune. That was his basically self-given title. Um, I think that kind of, for me anyway, that gives a little insight into what he thinks of himself. As angry as I am that Frank Jones would do something like this to this family, my heart breaks all over again for this family because not only did they have so much hope that they were bringing home their daughter at the end of this, this trip to Miami. I mean, Iva made doctor's appointments. She knew her baby was coming home and she was gonna have everything ready. And once again, they're going home as a family of three instead of the family of four that it should be. Um, I'm, I'm sure they are devastated and hurt and angry so another credible sighting of Amy would not come for another six years. But in 2005, two big leads happen. The first being that a woman from Ohio named Judy was in Barbados in a department store and she had used the restroom. She went to the bathroom and while she was in there, two men walked a woman into the restroom. Now, Judy actually did an interview with Beth Holloway, and she talks about just what was happening and how it was happening, how these two men were walking this woman into this restroom, the conversation, the tone, all of it terrified her. She pulled her feet up in the stall so no one would know she was there. Um, she just basically was terrified. This just was not a good situation. She could tell intuition in these situations, I feel like, is so important. Always trust your intuition. If you feel like something is not right and you are in a bad situation, do what you need to do. So the men end up leaving this woman. And Judy comes out of the bathroom stall and she tries to make small talk with her. And the woman tells her that she's from Virginia and they're still kind of having small talk when the two men burst back in. And at that point, Judy just kind of basically strong arms her way out. Like she shoulders out of this restroom and this 
interaction just stuck with her, I'm sure, because it was terrifying. She talks about she didn't know if she was going to be assaulted, if, you know, just what would happen to her, if she was going to be robbed, what. So she's terrified. She gets out of there. And then she realizes it may have been Amy Bradley. So she reports it. And again, this is considered a credible sighting. Now, the very last credible sighting of Amy Bradley, I think is the most heartbreaking of all. So in 2005, an adult trafficking website was brought to the attention of the FBI. Now, the website originated out of the Caribbean, but could never be pinpointed to where exactly in the Caribbean it came from. On this website is a woman that is labeled as Jazz, and I will put photos up that looks a lot like Amy Bradley. Um, and so much so that her mother even in one interview said that it looked like an older tortured version of Amy, but it looked like Amy. Um, most people believe this is Amy. So this person on this website in 2005 was the last credible sighting of Amy Lynn Bradley. That was 18 years ago. She has been missing for over 25 years. Someone knows something. Someone knows what happened to Amy Bradley. Amy Lynn Bradley would be 49 years old today. She is five foot six with dark hair and green eyes. She has several tattoos, including one on her shoulder of a Tasmanian devil spinning a basketball. She actually designed this one herself. A tribal sun on her lower back, a Chinese symbol on her right ankle, and a green and blue gecko around her navel. She also has her navel pierced as well as her ears. If you or anyone you know have any information about Amy Bradley or what happened to Amy Lynn Bradley, I will have numbers posted below. There is a reward from the FBI for information. So I want to end this particular video with another resource. Um, I found this while I was researching for this particular story and it just, it kind of struck me. Um, I didn't realize how many victims of crimes on international cruise ships there were. So internationalcruisevictims.org um, is there as a great resource if you or someone you know needs it, if you or someone you know has been hurt or assaulted or whatever the case may be. Again, I didn't realize how many instances of this occurred. Um, again, going back to the jurisdictional issues of being on international waters, who do, who do you go to? Um, they they work on legislation to make sure everyone is safe and knows their rights and knows what rights they are giving up when they board a cruise ship. Increased public awareness, as well as resources and support for victims. Um, again, I will have this linked below. If you or someone you know needs this resource, please use it. Mm -hmm.